Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of Geek to Me Radio. Today we have New York Times best-selling author Kyle Higgins talking about a brand new Kickstarter project called The Trap that he's working on with NFL star Lance Briggs. Then we'll be joined by actor Jane Slavin talking all about her work on the Big Finish series, Doctor Who, and more. Stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. And for those of you just now tuning in for the first time, welcome to geek to me Radio. My name is James Enstall. I'm your host. If you've heard us before, fantastic. If not, we bring you a little bit of pop culture every single week with someone from writing, TV, film, uh, gaming, or something to do with comics. We try to make it fun for you as much as it is for me. And with that, let's jump to our first guest. Right now, we've got number one New York Times bestselling comic writer Kyle Higgins talking about a brand new Kickstarter launch. And you know, if you're li- listening to the show, we love our Kickstarter launches. Uh, talking about The Trap, which is a co-product of his and Chicago Bears' Lance Briggs. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing well. Thanks for the time today. It's always exciting. Uh, I have it as a personal badge of pride that anybody I've had on my program talks about it, their Kickstarter it always gets funded. So I saw <laughs> just a while ago, you're within striking distance, $10,000 or so to go of your $35,000 goal. And you still got a little over two weeks to go. So I have no doubt that you're going to make it. Well, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you're so confident. Um, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster for, for me. This is my first Kickstarter. So I wasn't, you know, quite certain what to expect. Um, it's been really, really exciting. It's been a ton of work, but, at the end of the day, yeah, I am. I am trying to. Uh, I am cautiously optimistic that hopefully, with your listeners' uh, help here, uh, we can really put it over the top and and uh, and get this baby funded. Absolutely, and I guess it's always those those nerves because you've done so much work on so many great titles from DC oh, and thanks. Marvel and Image uh, to have a seasoned writer, but you've never done a Kickstarter, so it's always kind of. You feel like a little bit like you're out on that branch and you don't know what's going to happen, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a completely different space from any of the work I've done before. And it's something that is unto itself very much a community. So coming into any community um, as the new guy or the new person is scary and you don't know what to expect. And will this community will this community accept me or will they uh, have zero interest because I haven't been a part of Kickstarter before, you know? Yeah. So all of that was kind of swirling for me, but we really felt like we had um, a project that 
is incredibly timely and and um, it's very personal to Lance and and to myself as well. And this was a format and a model that was exciting to us, um, particularly as it relates to the format that we chose. Doing this as an original graphic novel is really exciting from a storytelling standpoint and what that format allows for. But from a logistics standpoint, OGNs are really tough to get off the ground. Sure. And that's where Kickstarter comes in because there's so much prep time, so much lead time that you need to work on um, what is ostensibly a 120-page book. Whereas if you were doing it as like a monthly comic book release, you know, it would be 20-page chapters sure. essentially that would be coming out. But and as an original graphic novel, you're not doing that. It's, it, it will only come out when the whole thing's done. Which right. Is, you know, it's eight to ten months uh, of, of work for, for the creative team. So we thought this was uh, this was a, the, probably the most viable way to get this off the ground. And uh, we're really crossing our fingers here that, like I said, that we'll be able to see it to, to fruition. And if you're going to do this for the first time, it's nice to have somebody in your corner like a Chicago Bears seven-time Pro Bowl linebacker, Lance Briggs. That's got to be really comforting <laughs> to have someone like that in your corner. Talk a little bit about collaborating with Lance on the character of Jalen Robinson and this story, The Trap. Well, Lance is great. And Lance and I have known each other for seven or eight years now. And it was through a shared love of comics that we met. And we stayed in touch over the years. I'm a huge Chicago Bears fan. As Lance, as Lance's career uh, wound down and, and he made the decision to retire back in, I think it was 2014, 2015, we started talking about whether or not there might be something, an opportunity to collaborate down the line. And it took a few years, but about a year and a half ago, we started meeting up regularly to in Los Angeles to and through um, phone calls to build out uh, an idea together. And that is the idea that um, became the trap. Lance and I, Lance is prolific, um, not only as an athlete, but as a creator, he is someone that daydreams all the time, has a very, very active imagination and a true love of story and storytelling and the power of it. So when we first sat down, um, Lance brought notebooks with characters like fully built. And there were some really interesting ideas there, but nothing really was grabbing me from the standpoint of like building a book around, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when we started just talking about life and, and our different kind of paths and pasts and upbringing, um, to hear Lance talk about what it was like growing up in Sacramento in the 1980s and the 1990s, um, with his mom, uh, was very resonant for me and the different challenges that he faced, um, growing up in an environment that, you know, was, was challenging and being an athlete and having the possibility of a path through, um, some of those challenges and that challenging environment and the support that the community there, um, provided for him, uh, was very, like I said, very impactful for me. And from there, it became a, uh, a question of, well, what, what kind of world can we build here where we can highlight some of those issues and some of those challenges? Um, th because the best science fiction is allegorical. Yeah. And yeah. so 
the setup of the trap is that it is a, like I said, it's a 120 page original graphic novel and it posits a version of the future where earth has been annexed into this interstellar coalition of planets. But over the generations for a variety of reasons that you'll see in story, earth has become something of like the redheaded stepchild of this (laughs) interstellar coalition. And, um, it's also become a valuable, um, a valuable components uh, and location in the interstellar drug trade. So what that does is it creates a setup uh, and a version of the world where problems of marginalized and oppressed communities are now the problems of the entire planet. And it's a way to create a baseline that hopefully allows for readers to um, relate to some of these challenges and struggles that Lance uh, firsthand witnessed and, and, and experienced. Um, but in a way that maybe because if you didn't live something like this, you would, uh, you would, you would perhaps not have as direct a connection to that's where the power of fiction comes in. Um, and being able to, again, explore some of that stuff um, through that lens of empathy and uh, and original characters like Jalen Robinson, who Jalen is not Lance, but there's definitely inspiration there from from Lance's life and his childhood. So the whole experience has been um, very, very rewarding. And I love being able to collaborate and to work with other writers and, and just creators in general, because I've been doing this now full time comics, I mean, for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I've I've gotten to the point where I feel comfortable and confident in what I do as a writer. But now that also means I'm aware of what I do as a writer. And so sometimes you go like, well, how do I broaden my horizons here and broaden my influences? And collaborating and co-writing is a really good way to do that because you're constantly learning from the other people you're working with. And just because you might do something a certain way doesn't mean that's the only way to do it narratively or, or story-wise. But then other times you might think to, you might have a feeling on something and you're like, I don't think that worked, but I can't quite articulate why. And it forces you to kind of really take a reflective look at like, okay, what is that? Oh, this is actually like a foundational tenant for me of, of, of my feelings on storytelling. You know, that's why this, I don't think this particular thing works. Or if we tweak it to this, it gets us, you know, this, this, and this. Um, and it, it's just, uh, it's just been a really awesome way to continue to grow and, and also reflect at the same time. And we mentioned earlier, your collaborations, uh, in DC comics, obviously most notably with Batman and Nightwing working with people like Scott mm-hmm. Snyder, obviously that's, that's experience that you were able to draw into, as you just said, this kind of learning process where you're, you're collaborating and you're learning as you go. And I would think then, uh, that one's writing would tend to evolve as a just a, a matter of the way you're proceeding. Yeah, yeah, it certainly can. Um, I think if you're if you have any level of self awareness, um, that absolutely is is possible to happen um, because you have to be able to to recognize what, like I said, like what you do well or what you tend to do. Um, and then be able to distance yourself from that and go like, okay, well, what if I do try it this other way? Um, or the way that this other person or other creator wants to do like, okay, could it work? You know, if I step outside of my own personal preferences as a Mm -hmm. storyteller, 
um, what is it about that way that's interesting or exciting? It's like, oh, can I adopt some of that in my own, you know, work as well? And when you're working on a Kickstarter art like this, uh, obviously the art is essential as well. And you've got, uh, if I'm pronouncing this wrong, I apologize, Danilo Bayruf. And yeah, Danilo Bayruf and Tamara Bonville. Yeah, exactly. Did they, did they find you? Did you find them? Were they someone you wanted to work with? Were they also uh, someone Lance knew? How did the collaboration with the artists come about? We're going to pause right there, take our first commercial break, come back. And finish our chat with Kyle Higgins, so stand by. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio. Welcome back to our second segment here on geek to me Radio. Talking with New York Times bestselling writer Kyle Higgins. Uh, you know him from the Batman books, among many, 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 many other projects. Talking about his collaboration with Lance Briggs, NFL star, on his new Kickstarter project, The Trap. And before we went to break, we were talking with Kyle about collaborating with artists for this project. Well, Tamara, I, I have known for a little while now. Not very well, but we've crossed paths before. Um, and I'm a huge fan of her work. Uh, I'm totally a color colorist snob when it comes to <laughs> comics. Um, and so, uh, so she's always been on my radar here, but um, the idea of reaching out to her to color this actually came from Danilo and Danilo is an artist whose work um, I quite like and have admired for uh, a little bit of time now. Uh, I only became aware of it somewhat recently last few years through uh joe prado his agent joe is uh one of my favorite people in comics he's an incredible anchor he's also um a great talent agent for a lot of artists uh based out of brazil hmm. so eddie eddie barrows and and uh tony Silas and i'm trying to think who else paulo sequeria i totally butchered his name uh will conrad like there are a bunch of artists that i've worked with over the years that are actually represented by Joe. So we interact, you know, we would interact quite a bit. Um, and so when it came time to find an artistic partner on the trap, um, I was talking to Joe about some other projects and I, I raised the, the project to him. I said, you know, is this something that Danilo might have any interest in? Because I just thought it could be such a really interesting um, stylistic fit for the material that Lance and I were building. Um, you know, I don't want to, I love science fiction, but there's a lot of really generic looking science fiction sure. out there, um, whether it's in comics or movies or TV shows. And so it became like, you know, how do we find someone who has a really unique and original eye here so that our world and our characters don't just look like every other, you know, dystopian sci-fi project that's ever <laughs> happened. And Danilo really wanted to us to reach out to Tamara and I was all about that. And then when Tamara sent in the colors on the cover, that was the first image she did. We were all like, Holy cow. And Danilo nailed it. He goes, it reminds me of a Mobius piece. Oh, nice. and yeah. And so that European sci-fi look that they're bringing to the trap, I just feel Lance and I both feel incredibly honored and grateful to have such um, fantastic 
art, artistic partners here. And then we're also joined by um, Hassan and by Sasha Ehead. Hassan is our letterer and Sasha is our designer. And so their integration with uh, Danilo and Tamra also um, is has been really great. And you can see you can really see that in the logo for the trap and how Sasha designed it um, to fit the art and actually integrated it into the ink. So you can see some of the, the wires that are coming through the logo and things like that. That's actually from Danilo's original inks. Hmm. So it really is the uh, a, a wonderful creative uh, collaboration thus far. And as a, a person who has studied uh, film and creative writing, as you did at the University of Iowa, uh, and as we've seen with all these graphic novels and comic books becoming original series on Netflix and Hulu, like Lock and Key, Umbrella Academy, and The Boys, it does beg the question, in the back of your mind, have you thought at all about if this is hugely successful and let's say someone picks it up, have you as a film kind of person thought about who might play Jalen Robinson? <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh <laughs> No, I don't. I don't really go down that road um, very often because the realities are the reality is that there are like fifteen to twenty steps that are quite serious that would have to happen before that's even like a conversation, a point of conversation. Like, so yeah, I don't get it. I, I never really think about actors in that regard. And, and at the end of the day, like if if there was going to be an adaptation of, of something like the trap, you're, you're not going to have any say in who's getting cast. Um, that's such a, like, that's such a decision. That decision is such a product of like what actors are available and which ones have enough or which ones do execs feel have enough juice to get us, get a, uh, get people to watch the show. So, yeah, it's so outside of, of your control as a creator, especially if you're only doing the comic, which at this point um, we are we are only focused on um, on this original graphic novel. And like I said, the Kickstarter is doing very well. You're uh, two thirds of the way there and climbing as I was watching and kind of scrolling through to take notes. I saw two more pledges come across. So it looks like you oh, guys good. Are in good shape. So I'm very excited to see that. Yeah, every every little bit helps, and and we've got some really exciting tiers here. Um, we wanted the project to be incredibly accessible, so the first tier is a ten dollar tier. You get the entire book; it's a digital PDF of the entire book once it's completed. And then beyond there, that um, the the best version of the book is the forty dollar um, hardcover. It's an oversized hardcover that we're doing. These are a lot of uh, original art in there that won't be reprinted anywhere else, and. We have some different um, original art tiers as well, and uh, and then there's the the, the high end tiers that are very much catered to Chicago Bears uh, <laughs> Chicago saw. Bears aficionados. So uh, hopefully there's something for everyone there, and and uh, yeah, I would just urge any listener that that um, thinks oh that that kind of sounds intriguing, you know, please uh, you know take a look at the campaign and and consider uh, supporting us, and and it would be. Uh, you know, you, you, you will have my eternal uh, gratitude. <laughs> and last question before I let you go, we uh-huh. we had artists and writers both doing Kickstarters on the show before. Uh, they've uh, really loved it. They've said it's hard work. As a first-timer to it, 
What has been the biggest surprise for you about Kickstarter, be it a, a huge high or uh, uh, low as far as like, I didn't realize it was so much work. Where have you found the kind of uh, <laughs> levels to be? Uh, it's everything, man. Like it's, it's from how surprisingly challenging shipping is to figure out mm. to, um, to just the, the, the level of like how to build the tiers and responding to different messages, um, how to get content out to people on a regular basis here, like updates and, and, you know, you just, you're you're scared half the time it's like oh am i really am i just spamming people through my social media you know it's all just um it's just uh it's stressful (laughs) so so everything ends up feeling um very heightened as a result of that stress but um but as you say like we're you know we're about two-thirds of the way there and and uh with any luck we'll um we'll you know We'll we'll be we'll be talking about stretch goals uh, down the line. That that would be my that would be my my dream here. Perfect, and uh, we'll do everything we can to help you get there. Again, if you're listening to this right now, go to Kickstarter, check out the trap. You can also find them on Twitter at the trap. If people want to keep up with you, Kyle, where can they find you on social media and websites and whatnot? Uh, Twitter and Instagram are probably the best. I'm at Kyle D Higgins. I don't post. I go through phases. I'm, I'm posting quite a bit right now. <laughs> But um, yeah, Kyle D. Higgins. Perfect. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing how this goes, how it plays out. Like I said, over two weeks, a uh, little over two weeks left. And I think you're going to make it with room to spare. Very excited to hear about the trap between you and Lance Briggs. Thanks so much for your time today. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. My thanks once again to Kyle Higgins. We're going to take our next commercial break. Come back and speak with actor Jane Slavin all about her work in the new upcoming Doctor Who series, Dalek Universe. Stand by. Hello, this is Catherine Tate. Donna Noble is listening to geek to me Radio. Donna Noble has been saved. Donna Noble is listening to geek to me Radio. Donna Noble has been saved. Donna Noble is listening to geek to me Radio. Donna Noble has been saved. Welcome back to geek to me Radio. The show that would not be possible without the support of our sponsors. And of course, Marcus Theaters, the official movie sponsor of geek to me Radio. If you are anything like me, you're glad that movie theaters are back. Make sure you're going to see movies. I know a lot of studios are holding off on releasing their movies. That doesn't mean that these movie studios aren't open for business. We've gone and seen Empire Strikes Back, 40th anniversary. It's a great time to go see that film. Never a bad time to see it on the big screen. Uh, Go to the website, MarcusTheaters.com. Check the listings. See which one is open near you and find out what's playing. Always something to be had. They've opened safe. They've opened effectively with social distancing, contactless pickup for your concessions, and uh, new and improved safety measures. I felt perfectly safe. Uh, The people I've gone with have felt perfectly safe. And if you're worried, I get it. Check it out for yourself. Go to MarcusTheaters.com. See what all you've done. Pick a movie and go see it. You can order your concessions through the Marcus Theaters app. Get them contactlessly at the location you go to. A good time is had by all. MarcusTheaters.com. Very proud to have them as the official movie sponsor here on geek to me Radio. We are going to go right into our next guest. 
Right now, we're talking with author, actor, prolific performer, Jane Slavin, all about her career. Jane, how are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing very well. I appreciate the time today. A lot of exciting stuff happening at Big Finish, and you've been in the thick of it for quite a while now. Uh, We had Jason Hegg Ellery on the show back in February at Gallifrey One. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved with Big Finish. How did I? It was... 10 years ago, roughly 10 years ago, and uh, David Richardson uh, called my agent and said, did I want to do a Doctor Who with Tom Baker? And obviously, um, <laughs> the answer was going to be yes. And I thought this was wonderful. I wasn't really... I wasn't really aware of the the Doctor Who. I, it had not been a family thing for me, the Doctor Who universe. Um but um, I was aware of Tom. He had been my doctor, and um, I wasn't aware of Big Finish at the time. Uh, they'd been going nine years then, ten years. Um, uh, but I went along and just thought it was the most wonderful, crazy, fabulous experience. It was Tom's, I think it was only his second one that he'd done ever. Oh, wow. Uh so we kind of started together. Um, uh, yeah, it was great. And it was lovely to meet um, David Richardson for the first time because uh, he became a great friend. Um, uh, you know, and they're all just, they. I feel like they're, I, I, well, I feel like they're part of my family now, if not my family. Well, most of my family's actually dead, so... Um, yeah, they've they've done really a good job in replacing them. <laughs> she said flippantly about all the deaths. <laughs> well, as long as you have someone there to fill that gap, that that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And the, you know, they're 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 just amazing. They're all amazing people. They all fill, you know, really wonderful roles in a person's life. You know, there's a place for them all. And so you obviously uh, acting alongside Tom as companion Ann Kelso. You've also written for Big Finish, uh, both some Doctor Adventures, uh, Transference, uh, starring Alex Kingston. How did the transition happen for you from acting in these audios to writing them? Well, um, David Richardson knew that I'd written a novel. I think maybe even Tom told him or uh, anyway, he found out I'd written a novel and he then read it and uh, he really enjoyed it. And he asked me to do the audio book and then said, you know, uh, do you write any scripts? Have you written any scripts? And I said, I'd love to write some scripts because they were starting the Big Finish originals. So that included um, Attergirl and Transference and various other things uh oh and then he asked me to write would i write an episode of survivors which i was very excited by mm. and that's still one of my favorite favorite things to work on because uh i loved writing the story i had real they give you free reign pretty much you have to clear everything with them first but you know they don't give you the idea you can come up with the idea yourself so it was Really, ex- really exciting, and I got to be in it, and I got to, um, uh, I got to ask Wendy Craig to come and work for Big Finish, which was, she was my, she was one of the greatest influences on me as an actress, hmm. 
um, because she was, um, <clears throat> we had a long playing record of her reading stories that my parents, when they couldn't be asked reading me a story, which wasn't very often, they, they were quite good like that, they were both teachers, um, but when they couldn't be asked, they would put this long playing record on by my bed and it was Wendy Craig in front of the children, it was called. Um, and so I grew up with that. And then when I had my own baby, I played the same record to her. Huh. And we listened to it again. And I still know all the words to those stories. Um, so so that was fantastic, getting Wendy, getting Wendy in was uh, just... So I got to work with her and write her a part. I wrote the part of Elsie for Wendy. I didn't even think she'd be able to do it. I thought, oh, she's probably busy. You know, she's been in Oscar-winning films, for goodness sake. So, um, and I called her up and she said, who oh, no, knew I'd love to do it. <laughs> she, so, yeah, it's great. That's why you always ask. It can't hurt. <laughs> that's what well see that's what i said to ken the director um because he said well you know we might not i said is it okay if 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 we ask wendy you know because obviously it's up to the director not the writer who gets cast um but ken's fantastic you know he takes suggestions um he's really open to he just wants the best show you know he's a brilliant director and a lovely guy and he had said um <coughs> excuse me he had said, um, oh, you know, Wendy, you know, there's a good chance she's not going to be able to do it or or she'll be unavailable. Or, And um, <clears throat> I wrote to her agent and said, you know, I've written this script. It may be that you are unavailable, but I would love you to read it anyway, just because it is an absolute homage to you and to those stories I was read as a child. And um, And she phoned me and said, yeah, I'll do it. I'd love to do it. And I said to her, I said, it's not that much money, Wendy. And she said, well, how much does a woman need? <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> I know. And she came along and did it. She was, it was, you know, phenomenal. And the funny thing is, too, uh, I, from people I've talked to who are Big Finish or Big Finish adjacent, I've never heard anything but professionalism, positivity from everybody associated. Even even Jason Hegg Ellery says, we haven't had anybody really say no yet. Uh, people who are familiar yeah. with it want to do it. I know. And also, if they do get someone who says no, it's usually someone who doesn't know anything about it because they, um, there've been a couple of people. They've said, you know, oh, do you know this person? Could you, you know, could, could you ask? And once you say to someone, you know what, just go and try it for a day, you will not look back. You'll just love it. Plus, they do really quite nice lunch. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and the, and the, and I've never known anybody not have not have a nice time. We, I mean, you know, and it makes for quite a boring podcast because I did uh, I did a podcast the other day, and I thought I sound like a, you know. I don't know how much I can swear on this, but anyway, it didn't sound great because I just thought eh, we're just constantly praising these people. <laughs> but it is really is just the it's the best job in the world. It really is. Yeah. Paul McGann said uh, not only is it the best lunch he did, I had got it on tape. He invited me for lunch sometime. So if soon I make it over there, I'm going to be popping by oh. knocking on the door. So. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> I see. I've, I'm really. I'd love to do a Paul McGann one. I've not. Um, he offered me a job on um, a TV show he was directing, and I was unavailable. 
so I couldn't do it. So I would really, I'd love to be in one of his one of his doctor ones. And you've worked with, uh, we mentioned Tom Baker. You worked with, I believe you've worked with uh, the sixth doctor, Colin Baker. I think you did one with the war doctor and you're getting ready to do one. I think you may have done it and just hasn't been released yet. The 10th doctor for Dalek universe. No, no, I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, Yeah. We've already done that. We've, we've, it's all in the can. Okay. Yeah. Waiting on the release. Yeah, absolutely. So I can't tell you anything about, I'm terrible at spoilers. So I can't tell you anything about that. No problem. Um, yeah, we we look forward to seeing it. Uh, if you, if you are if you feel like dropping a spoiler, I'll say I didn't hear it from you. <laughs> but we'll, uh, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but that's got to be so exciting because uh, when you when you're doing these and you're performing in them, are you able to shut off the writer part of your brain and just totally be this is what I'm doing, or, or does the writer part of your brain come in and say, mm, I think I'd rather say it like this? Do they give you any kind of leeway as an actor, or is it strictly by the script? We'll pause, take our next break, come back, and chat more with actor Jane Slavin. Stand by. Hello. My name is Sylvester McCoy. I want you to listen to Geek to Me Radio. Otherwise, if you don't, I'll cry. Welcome back to geek to me Radio. Talking this segment with actor Jane Slavin about her work doing the Big Finish audios, and we asked her as an actor and who someone who has also written several of these, uh, does she turn off the writing part of her brain? Is she able to play these just as they are written? Oh, uh, it's always strictly by the script with Big Finish. They've, you know, these writers know far more about it than I do. Uh, particularly Doctor Who. And, you know, the the script editors, the script editors that I've worked with, I've worked with Matt Fitton and John Dorney. And, you know, Matt especially. Dorney, obviously, as you know, is, is a stunning writer mm. and really knows his stuff. So why would you want to muck with that? You know, why would you want to mess around with it? Um, uh, and I think as a writer as well, you know, if I've deliberated over a line and made it as good as it could possibly be, um, I don't want some actor to come in and shuffle it around because sure. it's written that like it is for for very good reason. Um, so, yeah, no, we don't, I don't mess, I don't mess around with the script. Gotcha. Really, ever. And working on Big Finish, obviously you've done a lot of uh, TV and film as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Big big projects like Peak Practice, Casualty, Coronation Street, which was huge. Uh, Doctors, Har- yeah. Harley and the Davidsons. When you, obviously it's very different doing the actual on-camera acting versus the audio, but I imagine there are some similarities that overlap. Uh, talk a little bit about, as far as your particular approach to acting, what you find to be the biggest difference and uh, what are the is the most common thread similarity um the biggest difference is you don't have to learn radio so you when you're doing radio or audio you you you've got the script in front of you mm. so that's the biggest difference um uh and obviously theater you have the whole rehearsal you have three and a half weeks to, to have this character you know you embody this character hopefully um uh 
But the actual process itself is the same because it's all about deceit, isn't it? It's all about lying and, <laughs> and um, uh, you know, making someone believe that this these words are just coming out of your brain and not from someone else's and not sounding like you're reading or or you're you're speaking someone else's words they are actually yours so so the process is the same really um it's all about tr- being absolutely truthful while telling big fat lie <laughs> oh, where, where <laughs> way to put it that's uh, exactly right yes <laughs> and working on uh, the big finish you actually predated big finish with your work on Paradise of Death, starring the the great John Pertwee, uh, for that five part yeah. BBC radio drama, so I guess having worked on that and then making the transfer to Big Finish a few years later seemed very must have seemed very familiar and comfortable for you. It, it, well, yeah, except that when I arrived at Big Finish, you see, I'm used to doing. I've done tons of radio, mm-hmm. like so I don't know, three, four hundred plays maybe um, before big finish so i was expecting it to be the same and i came with my hard sold shoes because you know normally when you're doing a radio you're in a studio and you are with six other people in a scene round one microphone really pretty much acting the scene out and um, with big finish it's very different you're in booths on your own in isolation because obviously they need to they've it's like a they have a totally different type of sound engineer right. who makes a different landscape from six very separate voices. Whereas uh, the BBC, when you do a radio play, you're usually you're all in the same room and, um, you know, they might treat the room, but they wouldn't treat the voices. So the, the, the um, paradise of death, I was expecting the... Um, the Larn, that I, the Sands of Time that I did with Tom, I was expecting that to be similar, and I turned up fully expecting that. And then they put you in this box almost on your own with a set of headphones, which, you know, you adapt to really quickly. Um, and also it feels like you're it's quite intimate. You know, we've just got headphones on. You must feel it too when you're doing your podcast. Oh, sure. Because you, you, you can see the person. Even though they're not there, yeah, it's like being on the phone. You know, nobody sits on the phone and you know struggles to chat or envisage the person they're they're speaking to. So it's pretty. It's the same as that. It's um, uh, yeah. So it's different, but we I, we all adapt quite easily because most of the people who do big finish have also done a ton of radio as well. So the the first time it's really new to them, and then you know duck to water really right and we mentioned you've obviously worked extensively with tom you've worked with uh colin baker Mm. the great john hurt and then of course with uh now david Tennant. you you've Mm. mentioned in other interviews you've tangentially known like obviously you know sylvester mccoy you've done a different non-doctor who related project with peter davison is there a? oh you've so done your homework haven't you i try my best to to uh get so i'm gonna have to share from... some <laughs> i have to find a secret or something and tell you a secret if you know everything you're yeah you're right i've worked with peter on a different project is there a doctor you haven't worked with yet that you're dying to work with you mentioned paul mcgann but is there a, have you obviously if you haven't worked with another doctor you'd like to be part of their audio dramas I think it's probably important, really, that I work with them all now. <laughs> yeah, may as well. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I really, I mean, I'm a big fan of Peter Capaldi. I'd love oh, to yes. work with him. 
Um, and also, you know, I'm sure people thought Chris Eccleston would never come on board. It's very exciting. Uh, given his history. So it's so exciting that he's doing it. And I really, I really rate him as an actor. I, God, I'd really love to work with Chris. And we're both from Manchester. So I think we sh- I think it's only fair that we do work together. Absolutely. I just read, I just finished his uh, autobiography. I love the bones of you. Uh, brilliant, mm. brilliant. And all just gut wrenching too. I mean, it's, it's a visceral, emotional read. Uh, so for anyone listening yeah. right now who hasn't read Chris Eccleston's book, please go out and get that. Uh, we'll put a link up to that in the show notes as well. But yeah, he's he's just, the way he approaches acting is mm. quite a bit different from uh, the way a lot of people do it. Yeah, I think he's also brilliant uh, uh, example of of what it is to grow as a person and what it is to to have redemption and to get better and, uh, you know, to to you become a better human hopefully we become better humans as we grow um it doesn't always happen i mean right donald trump but um uh he's obviously gone the other way um but uh chris is is just you know he i know he's i've not read his autobiography but i've heard you know he talks about his struggles um and i think that's a really really brave thing to do it shouldn't be brave obviously but it is brave especially for you know i i was brought up in the same part of the world as chris and it was never uh, northern men were not meant to show vulnerability right you know they weren't brought up to show vulnerability so it's really wonderful that he's found his way through all the things he you know and he's and he's such an amazing actor yeah. So, yeah. So I'd like to work with Chris and I'd like to work with um, Peter Capaldi. Do you think Anne Kelso would be a good fit uh, for the Ninth Doctor or would you like to take on a new companion role or something else? I think, I think, I'd, you know, I'd love to go. Yeah, I'd love to be 12 different companions. <laughs> um, I think I think we're probably pushing it a bit. There was some guy on Twitter said, I mean, I don't get many trolls. But there was some guy on Twitter when it was announced that, that, that David and I were doing this 10-part series together. And he said, I've had enough of bleeding Jane Slave. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's in everything. Everyone has a critic. Everyone's got to be a critic. <laughs> I know, I know. So I just, uh, I just tweeted a reply. Oh, thanks, love. <laughs> <laughs> the big love heart. Uh. Um but yeah, no, uh, yeah. So I, I wouldn't actually care if I was that overexposed. If it meant I got to do a series with Peter Capaldi or sure. Chris, that'd be great. Um, I think I could do Anne Kelso, Anya Kingdom. One or the other would be perfect match for those boys, don't you? I would agree. Why, mm, why, yeah. why change it if it's not if it's not broken? You know, let, let's let, yeah. let Anne have a go. <laughs> Exactly, and you've got a lot of um, uh, you've got a lot more, a lot more of Anya Kingdom to come with the with the David Tennant series. Okay. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. Would we want some more of her? I think uh, I would. And we're going to take another quick pause. Come back for our next segment here on Geek to Me Radio. Please stand by. 
is Paul McGann, the Eighth Doctor. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio. And we're back for our final segment here on Geek to Me Radio. Chatting with actor Jane Slave and all about her work in the Big Finish series. Uh, so much great things that she's done, so many great projects. But we were talking with her about, uh, right before we went to break, about having David Tennant in her wardrobe. And besides the Dalek universe, which you won't give us any spoilers uh, for, <laughs> is there? Uh, Fortunately, is, I'm quite good at just it, <laughs> just erasing. It, 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 it's erased. I can't even remember the titles. You know, someone said to me the Dalek universe a few weeks ago, and I thought, was I in that one? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I'm terrible at just forgetting which ones I've been in, so I couldn't actually reveal anything, even you if you tried. wanted me to. Well, yeah. Well, All I know is that I loved doing it, and David Tennant is just brilliant, and it's moving and funny and exciting and scary, and it's, it's just everything. I mean, God, those scriptwriters did just they went above and beyond i think and i felt like we had the best time i've never been let down by a big finished production i've even some of the ones that they'll have on sale occasionally be like eh, yeah i'll get to try it it's only a buck 99 you know and it blows me away <laughs> each time it's, it's brilliant oh brilliant oh well uh, that's lovely to hear Definitely. And so obviously we'll look for Dalek Universe. Uh, right now I know they're into the uh, the huge Time Lord Victorious saga going on right now across the comics with Titan Comics and the big finish stories and everything. Where else can people look for you and keep up with uh, what you've got going on? Um, you can always find me on Twitter. You, I guess you'll find me on Twitter and then from, from there you'll, uh, you know, everything else will follow because I'm sure I update. Our actors at the moment, that everyone's divided about whether you should share when you're working because they're all just, everyone's desperate, but I think share away. You know, I see, I see that some of my friends are working and filming and yeah, we feel jealous and it's, it's, you know, you just that, oh, I'm being left behind. Everyone feels that. And I think embrace the jealousy, but also just be, God, just be thrilled. And thank God it's someone you know and not just some, you know, stranger who's not been very nice to everyone. You know, it's lovely when, so so I think, yeah, I do share stuff when I'm doing something exciting although it's very hard with big finish because you've got to keep silent about everything so i didn't even tell my friends when i was recording with david tennant oh so now they've now they know and they're like how could you not have told us i know (laughs) (laughs) but those are the best kind of secrets the ones like you really want to tell but you can't those are always the most exciting though so that's great that everyone knows now that that's all that matters yeah yeah, and it's great. Also, when I first was first offered on Kelso and they told me they'd written it for me, they said, oh, but you can't say anything for, and I think it was like two and a half years Ooh. or something. And I said, I can't tell anyone. So I told my doctor, I told my, not my doctor, my daughter, and it meant absolutely nothing to her. I think she was about 10. <laughs> and it was like, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, never heard of, you know, she didn't know what I was on about. And I told my dad, who was completely thrilled. Um, but then it was, you know, two two years, basically, without being able to tell anyone. So this was amazing because we, we recorded it. And then within about a month, two months, it was announced. And they were already doing the artwork. Wow. That's that. Yeah, you don't have to keep it as long. That's that's a little nicer, at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you want to share these things. You're so proud of it, you know. Of course. 
you, you just want the world to know. Like, yeah. yeah, it was me. I was in my wardrobe with David Tennant. <laughs> <laughs> if you say it like that, that will definitely raise some eyebrows. <laughs> I know. I'd have to apologize to Georgia. She'd never. I'd never compete with Georgia. <laughs> yeah, she was also in the wardrobe. Yeah, if I if I do, I've not had David Tennant on the show yet. Uh, but if I was <laughs> ever have David Tennant, I'm sure I would not be able to keep that a secret either. So I, I don't blame you. No. <laughs> do you know what? He's been in the wardrobe with everybody this lockdown because oh. he's been so prolific. He's worked so hard. And he's just, he seems to put just such an enormous amount of effort and care. It's the care he puts in because it's it's he makes it seem effortless. But he's you know he thinks about the scripts and he is important to him. I, it's 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 wonderful because you don't want to work with someone who's just phoning it in, as it were. Even though we are all technically phoning it in at the right. moment, <laughs> um, you know, you 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 want to work with someone to that it matters to. And I'm sure if he doesn't take it seriously, he'll get uh, berating from his father-in-law. So you know, there's always that to look uh, at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, this has been absolutely delightful. I loved uh, chatting with you. A continued success to you, and we'll be keeping up with you. Again, uh, Jane Slavin, you'll watch for Big Finish Dalek Universe. Uh, please, if you haven't experienced Big Finish yet, go on their website. They always have deals going, and there's never a bad story to be had, especially if Jane's been writing it as well. Jane, thanks very much <laughs> for your time today. I greatly appreciate it. Hey, it's my absolute pleasure. That's going to do it. Another show in the books. My thanks again to New York Times bestselling author Kyle Higgins. Make sure you go on Kickstarter and back The Trap. He would no, uh, no doubt appreciate it, as would his collaborator Lance Briggs and all those wonderful artists. Thanks again to Jane Slavin, a beautiful person. Love talking to her and her exciting career on stage, on film, on Big Finish. So that's going to do it for us. Until next week, my friends. It's not in the way you watch I sound be. Thank you, Gallifrey. Good night. Hi, this is James Enstall, host of Geek Me Radio, and in honor of my favorite Themyserian, I've decided to become an Amazon warrior. Harold, give me strength. The next time you want to buy something from Amazon, go to geektomeradio.com first and click on our Amazon affiliate link. Simply shop like you normally would, and when you check out, a small percentage will go towards supporting the show. So remember, the next time you want to search Amazon for the latest Wonder Woman graphic novel or parts for your invisible jet... Click through from geek 2 first. The world was in peril. Would you have me stand by and do nothing? <laughs>